Welcome back to another episode of the Love in a Cottage podcast. I'm your host, Paige Geidel, and I am so stoked that you found us. We are a community of creative Christian women in their 20s, and you are invited to be a part of it. Each week, I invite a guest on the show to chat about all things marriage, motherhood, homemaking, small business, and following Jesus. My friend, there is a seat here for you at the table, and I so hope that you choose to be a part of this community. Without further ado, let's dive into today's show. Hi friends, happy Tuesday. I hope that your week is going great. We have had a bit of a hard time. John has been sick for the last week and so it's just been a little bit chaotic, but I feel like the Lord has been really refining me, honestly showing me a lot of like my sin nature and just ugliness within my heart and it's really been strengthening me, I think, and preparing me to be a mama of two baby girls soon. I am 34 weeks right now um, at the time of this episode coming out. And so, yeah, it's wild. Um, But I am so, so excited for today's episode as I am interviewing my new friend and brand designer, Sydney Strackey. She is currently working on a project that is very, very fun. I am launching a small business this fall. And if you want some sneak peeks of that progress or just to know a little bit more, you can head over on Instagram at Flora C Botanicals and I will be dropping sneak peeks as we prepare to launch there. But Sydney is a brand and graphic designer based out of Des Moines, Iowa, and I have really just loved working with her because she she's just such a gem. She loves Jesus so much. She's so wise and thoughtful and creative and talented. And so today our conversation focuses a lot about finding your calling and also what it means to be a creative, that we are all creatives and how we can use really everything that we do to be creative and as an act of worship. So I think you're going to love today's episode. Be sure to listen all the way to the end to hear how you can keep up with Sydney and follow some of her work. I'm a huge fan of her work and I know that you will be so inspired by her episode today. Okay. Hi, Sydney. Welcome to the Love in a Cottage podcast. Hello. I am so glad you're here. (laughs) I'm just laughing because we're both sitting in our closets and we have some some cute views of each other's clothing racks. It's fun. Um, I am so, so happy that you are here. We actually just had a call before this one because we're working together on a very exciting project. We have lots of fun projects coming up and I will be sharing more about that I'm sure on my Instagram in the coming weeks and months. So that is how we know each other. I found you on Instagram and um, we got connected in that way and you're just such a talented designer and it's been so fun to get to know you as like a friend and I feel like everything you say, I just want to echo and say, yes, I agree with that. So I'm so excited for today's episode. Can you give us a little intro about who you are, where you live, if you're married, how long you've been married, all of that? Tell us who you are. Yeah. So full name, my name is Sydney Strachey. 
Um, I'm a brand and web designer by trade. Um, I have a brand and web design company and that's kind of how I know Paige. Um, and then I am married to my high school sweetheart. Um, we started dating long distance my senior year. We're the same age. So our senior year of high school dated through college. Um, and then got married in 2017. So we've been married for four years. We live in a little storybook home, brick home in Des Moines, Iowa, and have been kind of renovating it actually since October of 2020. So it's been fun. It's been stressful, but mostly fun. It is the cutest house ever. Like if I could show your house to my realtor, I'm like, this is all I want. The market is so crazy, but it's so, it's so cute. And you guys have done such a good job renovating it. I think, I think the people need more of that content on your Instagram, by the way. (laughs) More, more renovation ideas, more decor, home things. Yes. Yes, please. Cause your style is just impeccable. Well, today we are going to be talking a little bit about design, creativity, especially within the Christian faith. And I know that you have so much wisdom to share with us, but we also just want to get to know you. So I found Terra Creative Company, which is what you run. Is it, would you say Creative Co or Creative Company? I say Terra Creative Co. I never really say company. I don't know why. Co. (laughs) Yeah. Terra Creative Co. So cute. And I have hired you right now for a project. And I just want to hear a little bit about the origins of that business and then also your heart behind choosing to name it. Terra Creative Co. Yeah, so I started Terra Creative Co. when I was working at a job that was very lackluster for me. Um, I was working as a social media slash designer um, person at this like stationery shop, and it was very disheartening when I got this supposed dream job, and it turned flat, and it turned from flat to sour pretty quick. Um, and so I really wanted like a creative outlet outside of what was paying the bills essentially. And so I started Terra Creative Co, which was actually Terra Collective to begin with, which I don't know why I chose the French spelling of collective, but I did, um, never going that direction ever again. (laughs) Um, but it was an Etsy shop and I created like prints and things like that. I, at one point I made like little wooden bead ornaments and they were super fun, but it just wasn't like it still wasn't like the thing for me and I knew when I started that eventually I'd switch from Etsy and creating products to creating brands and working on brands and brand design because I have been obsessed with fonts and logos since forever (laughs) so um with the naming um I wanted to be very intentional with it so it took me a long time to decide on Terra, just the Terra part. Um, and Terra is a derivative of terracotta. So like the clay material you use um, when you like plant smaller things or like herbs and things. And there's certain kind of plants that have to be planted in that type of container in order to grow. Well, my business from day one has been all about remembering to stay rooted in the things that help you grow. Um, and, you know, my products reflected that. My mission statements and how I work with brands kind of reflects that now. 
And it's a reminder of like, it matters where you're planted. It matters where you're establishing roots. Um, and this could be anything from branding and products and things um, to also establishing your brand or my favorite. Um, it's a reminder to stay rooted in Christ um, and that everything should come from a place of worship. Mm. Gosh, girl, this is like so representative, I feel like, of who I've, I'm like, this is so who you are, and I've known you for two months, but (laughs) it's true, like, how you have shown up and presented your creative ideas within each of our meetings and strategy sessions, like, I am just blown away that the amount of intention and thought that goes into everything, and obviously, you're a really talented designer, but to see that you are so deeply rooted in Christ and just like meaning the fact that you want what you create to have like multiple layers and depth and not just be like a pretty design that someone could look at and say, oh, that's, that's nice. That's trendy. That is beautiful. Like there's so much meaning behind that. And I just think that's so reflective of who you are. And I love that. So tell me a little bit more about your journey with design. Like how did you get started and kind of what was that process like for you figuring out that's what you wanted to do? Because I think a lot of people would relate to landing their dream job and then being totally surprised or blindsided or disappointed when they're like, wait, this is not actually what I thought it would be. Yeah. Um, so I've been a creative or creating for pretty much as long as I can remember. Um, you know, when you're going through public school system, you get introduced to art and like the art class specifically. And for, from when we started those kinds of classes during the day, I, that's like what I wanted to be. I didn't see myself as necessarily being an artist. I saw myself as being an art teacher for some reason when I was young, I was like, man, maybe it was my art teacher in elementary school that really just had an impact on me that made me want to become a teacher instead of like an actual artist. But, um, so I, I pursued that kind of passion for a really long time. And in high school and middle school specifically, I went from being more of like an artist to, um, a band geek actually and an orchestra nerd doing more of like the science and mathematical type things. I was put on like some kind of early, like, you're good at math, so you should take the engineering route in high school. And so they put me in those, like, div- like early, I don't know, higher educational classes early on, specifically in the math and science departments. And I think a lot had to play into that from my understanding of how things worked in the music world. Because <laughs> you, when you start playing instruments young, you have to do a little bit of math while you're playing your instrument. So I feel like that kind of just, like, carried over. Um, but, you know, I went from being wanting to be an artist to being wanting to be an engineer to wanting to be an architect. And when high school, when calculus came around, I loved pre-calc. I'm just going to say that. I loved pre-calculus. It was amazing. I understood everything. I got to calculus and I barely understood what a derivative was. So I decided math was not my career anymore. (laughs) And so then I started thinking about architecture because it had, you know, the idea of both math a little bit, science a little bit, but also there's like the design creative element as well. So I went to Iowa State and Iowa State has a very selective process in the first year of their like college of design. 
And at the end of it, I was like, you know what? I took this year. I did no math classes in my first year of college. And because I like passed the tests apparently that told you that you didn't need to have math anymore. Thank goodness. Um, (laughs) And I decided no more math ever again, which knowing that now I still do math every day. Um, but I decided I wanted to work with typography and fonts and things like that because I had spent more time selecting fonts for my papers that I wrote in college and in high school and designing random t-shirts that for the clubs I was a part of in high school and college, like doing those things, like selecting the fonts and designing things. I did that way more than I actually did homework, just spending time on Google fonts, trying to find things you know, oh, this one does this to your eye when you're like reading a paper or whatever. (laughs) So I chose graphic design and thankfully got into the program. That was my number one. You can have like your top three. And I think my second was interior design. And then I don't even think I put a third. So I was like, if I can't get either of those, I'm done. (laughs) Um, I don't know what I was going to do, but that was going to be it for me. And thankfully I got in. (laughs) So, um, I graduated with my BFA in graphic design and I had jobs all throughout college in like print labs and stationary companies, um, which is that job where I actually found a company that I ended up working for later after I graduated. Um, And all those jobs really made me appreciate print and just like design print specifically and like typefaces and things like that more. Like I worked on wedding stationery at the stationery company um, before I graduated and I printed those things at my print lab job. And it was just a really fun, like full circle kind of experience for me. I love hearing about your journey from wannabe art teacher to band geek through engineering, just like all the different paths that you were led on that led you up until this point. And especially what really stood out to me is you saying, I spent more time designing t-shirts for clubs than I did actually doing homework. And I think that is so key. Like when we think about the time, where do we want to spend our time? How do we find it easy to spend our time? Um, That can often be the place where we find our purpose, as cheesy as that sounds. And I know and remember enjoying similar things with like photography and design, even though that's not necessarily what I do. I kind of have facets of those things that I do in my day-to-day life that I found myself really enjoying in college as well. So I actually had some friends who are a part of the graphic design program when I was in school because I was a public relations major. And I just feel like PR people and graphic design people kind of like at my school, I don't know, they were friends or they sometimes someone was minoring and one or the other. And so they were kind of interrelated departments. But I know that it was like kind of competitive. And just in general, I feel like, again, while I am not a graphic designer or a brand strategist like by trade. Um, I follow a lot on Instagram because I love, I love looking and it seems just very, um, like it would be really hard not to compare or I don't know, like I want to know how and where you find inspiration and how you gather inspiration 
without copying because obviously now more and more with Pinterest, with Instagram, um, so many social platforms and just the internet in general, I would imagine it would be really challenging to distinguish copying and um, also like comparing yourself with others. Tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, that is a like really tough question, I think, specifically in our day and age with social media. Um, and, you know, I when I'm on social media, when I'm scrolling Pinterest, when I'm scrolling Instagram, the latest design magazine that I have, you know, sent to my house, those kinds of things, I actually feel the most uninspired looking at all those things. It ends up being more of a comparison game in my head of like, oh, I should be doing X, Y, Z. I need to be keeping up with the trends or I need to be doing, adding this service to my platform or whatever than I do actually being inspired. Like it just becomes more of like a baggage that is put on top of the weight of you're already creating. Like I don't need any more baggage than the baggage or the weight of that is creating. And I can go more into that later, but I found that when I turn away those things or I turn that stuff off and I'm not um, letting my creativity be stuck to dry by those things, by online presence, um, I try to tend or I tend to turn to worship to be inspired. Um, it sounds kind of cheesy, but there's two kind of points to this. It's like, number one, there's nothing new under the sun. So even though their posts may look great, it may look like something is new. It's not, there's nothing new. (laughs) If I've learned anything, nothing is new under the sun. And number two is like, why not turn to the most creative being to ever exist in time, beyond time? My mind is blown. Like, if, if you're a creative, you are given the gift of creativity, right? And if you can be creative without being a creative, right? And there's like a special like connection. I mean, if you're a musician, I think there's a special connection to worship specifically. If you're a gardener, maybe your worship is, you know, gardening or whatever. If you're creative, you get to collaborate with the creator. Yes. Like... He gave you the special gifting of creating, kind of like he did when he created the earth, but on a much smaller scale. So why not collaborate with him on everything? Mm. And that's kind of like a huge part of my process. Like I've told Paige this before, but as we've been working through this project, we've been like, I've tried to like really pray over things and make decisions um, with God in mind and inviting God in and the Holy Spirit just like move while I'm working like I think that's a huge part of how I stay inspired it's really hard to stay inspired all the time but when you're in that mindset it's a different level of creating and you know I think it's really tricky going into creating thinking you're just going to be creating all these new things and whatever because there's a harsh line or it needs to be a harsh line between creating and copying because wow. that is a very gray line online right now. Like you'll see some bigger creators getting um, their work copied by younger designers all the time. Just go on creative market, like 
it's all copy paste essentially. And I think, you know, inspiration should inspire or drive some kind of emotion or feeling out of you and like from within you. And then from there, your creating should be more about using that feeling or trying to replicate that feeling in whatever you're doing. So for example, if I'm inspired by another person's work, architecture, or my devotional, I try to pinpoint what it is that's evoking in me, whether it be my eye tracking something specific on that page or on that design, like what is my eye doing? What am I liking about that movement that's happening in my eye? Um, Is it evoking some kind of emotion in me? Um, Is it evoking a memory? Is it evoking a future hope? What is it doing to me personally? Like what is it drawing from? Because creating those kinds of things and things that I tend to create brands they should draw some kind of emotion pull. Um, so from there, I will, you know, take notes over the things that I've decided are inspiring me over a piece or what's inspiring me from maybe a color palette. And then I'll create something that um, reflects that or I'm trying to replicate that feeling, but not the visuals. Mm-hmm. It's very, very different. And it can be very hard doing that in the work that I do because I mean if you send me a Pinterest board that has a logo in it I might try to recreate that logo subconsciously but it's more so what are some images or what are some broader spectrums that might pull some emotion from me and then replicating that emotion through the work that's huge I don't know if I've ever heard anyone describe that quite like you did, like looking at something and thinking, what is this making me feel? And then taking that elsewhere and trying to recreate that feeling, but it could be a totally different design that creates that same feeling. That's huge. And I feel like that's really practical, helpful advice. I love that you talked about worship and like going to the most creative being to ever exist to get inspired and partner with, because I think as creatives, it can be exhausting, right? Like I have friends who are photographers and who spend hours and hours editing and that is exhausting. Even though you are, um, I I think it's easy for people to think, oh, well, you're just like copying and pasting a preset and adjusting some levels on a screen. How can that be tiring? But when you're creating, it's like a part of yourself that you are (laughs) pouring out and giving away and it takes so much out of you. And so I, I love, and I think there's a place for scrolling Pinterest at a certain level, but do I leave feeling filled up in the same way that I do when I have a much needed cry because I like to suppress my emotions and I like go to the Lord and take these suppressed emotions. And I just have like wrecked by this, Brandon Lake worship song. No, like I do not leave Pinterest feeling that same way. And so I think really seeing being creative, the creative process, all of that as like, you can't have worship. You can't have one without the other, right? Like in order for them to be sustainable and synergistic and to be truly like pouring out your best creatively. I love that worship as such an integral part of that. So I guess that just leads me into my next question, which is how, how does your faith impact your creativity? I know this is an area for you that you're like extremely wise in and interested in. And so just pour out 
your knowledge onto us? I want to say I'm wise, but I have tried to uh, apply these things. And I try to keep learning about them. I'll say it that way. So it impacts my creativity a lot. As I you kind of heard me talk about in, you know, staying inspired and things like that. Um, it's anything from like how I think about creativity to how I approach creating or how I rest even. Um, but I, um, in college, I was actually, I went into a new church. I found a new church in college and ended up becoming friends with um, the pastor there and his wife. And I worked um, with the church for a while on their church plant. And in the early days of my design career and in college, it really like shaped how I thought about my faith and my giftings. Um, for a long time, I was really trying to figure out how I can incorporate um, graphic design into the church and into my community. Um, I thought in order to serve those areas that you had to be musically gifted, organizationally gifted, um, doing children, men, women, women, ministry, that kind of gifting. And all those things I was extremely intimidated by. None of them sounded like something that I was able to do. I didn't feel gifted in those areas. But in college and through um, our church, I found like creativity runs through all of us. You know, we had this conversation a lot as on the creative team of like photographers, videographers, interior designers, graphic designers. They all have a place and they need to step into their faith and in the church beyond creating content for social media on the church's website and into mm-hmm. a space of just true worship because everything you do, your life should be a reflection of worship, right? You should live a life of worship completely. And why would you take creativity out of that mix? Why is that separate? It shouldn't be. It should come from a place of worship. Everything you do should be done in a place of gratitude and thankfulness and worship in every area. Doing dishes? Yeah changing a diaper, worship, you know, like all those things. And, you know, I, it started early on in my college days. And I think since graduating college a few years ago, like it's been, I don't know, three years. So I've been maybe researching this for five or six years now. Um, but how creating in a place of worship is different than just creating, because school taught me how to create and how to create fast. You know, we're in a day and age of everybody needs content and everybody needs content every single day of every single minute of every single hour. You know, it is a constant drive to create content and creating out of a place of worship is not the hustle game that mm-hmm. our world is telling us we need to play. Um, so when I say creativity runs through all of us, it's not just those, you know, creatively gifted it's everyone. Yes, the stay-at-home mom. Yes, the software engineer, the farmer, the professor, the mechanic. Everybody is imprinted with a few key distinguishers from the creator himself, from God, um, as we were made in the image of God or Imago Dei. And one of those distinguishers is that we're all imprinted with this need to first worship something. So mm-hmm. that could be originally what God designed to be worshiping him. But oftentimes we fill it with other things. Or secondly, we're called to create. Or as Genesis 1, 
27 through 28 says, fill the earth. A lot of people take that and they say children. And yes, that means, yes, procreate. But also fill the earth. He called us to name things. He called us to be creative in so many things. And it's also, that verse specifically is one thing that I'm basing a new project off of too. Oh my goodness. Well, tell me about this project. (laughs) Well, this project, I... I've done merch for church for a long time, a long time. And backstory of our church, um, I started as a church plant. I found it when I was in college. My husband and I got married. He said, I want to go church planting or church hunting once we're married because we didn't live in the same town. And so then we got married and we lived in the same town. It was the town that our church or the church I was going to in. And then we ended up staying there and becoming best friends with the pastor and his wife and their kids. Well, they just left literally last week, the church. We ended the church because they are following God's call and moved to South Korea. And I definitely had a hard cry on Sunday when they left. <laughs> but it's what God's calling them to, and I'm so excited about it. But, I mean, they cre- they created that church, and the vision behind it was so it impacted me and my husband so much and we have loved getting to know everybody that went to it um and you know getting best friends out of the whole thing was like a huge blessing too because we knew like nobody <laughs> and during the time that I was there we did a lot of merch drops um it's a very you know young church (laughs) and so we did lots of merch and so that's kind of where I became interested in merch design and I'm taking Genesis 1 27 28 creating this idea helping creatives understand their creative callings is kind of the whole purpose of Terra Creative Co in a lot of ways um beyond just you know it matters where you're rooted it's as a creative it matters where you're worshiping um so I'm taking this idea and I'm going to create merch from it. And so that's kind of long story short, uh, not really short, but long story, I'm creating merch. I am so excited. I think you posted a sneak peek on your Instagram like yesterday or something. And I definitely screenshotted it because I didn't want it to go away. (laughs) I wanted to just admire it. It's so, gosh, I'm so excited for that. I am living, especially in like baggy t-shirts these days, being, you know, seven months pregnant in the heat of summer. But I love when I can support a small business, wear something that is creatively and intentionally designed and can even like start a conversation with people, right? Like I think that is the whole point. And I'm not wearing like a high school um, cross-country shirt of my husband's that is like 10 years old, you know, that is... <laughs> There's there's a place for that I guess, but I bed. I think when you go to bed. Yeah, I'm so excited to see just like what this new project is like. You can definitely expect me to be ordering some of that, and we will share a little bit at the end here about where people can find you and follow along with that project. But I just love how you were speaking about how we are all creative, like you said like the farmer, the stay-at-home mom, like the software engineer. I just think that I, for the longest time, 
felt like I wasn't creative. I liked doing a lot of creative things, but I wasn't like, I didn't consider myself to be the best. I wasn't the best singer. I wasn't the best at drawing. And I didn't feel like I was particularly good in one area. And I think a lot of people feel that way, especially going through public school. And then in college, you don't necessarily need to take those classes anymore. And so you're not really exposed to opportunities where we traditionally think that we're being creative. But I think that that is a message that people need to hear now is that you are creative and there are so many different ways to express that because creativity is an act of worship. And I think, you know, when you hear the word creative, you're like, oh, they're a creative person. It becomes more, or you identify as creative or not creative and becomes exclusive. And I'm reading this book and it's one of the books um, that is like one of my top things that I've been loving, but these books have been shaping more on this idea of creative is a descriptor. It's not an identity. Mm -hmm. And I think a lot of times if you are creative, you feel like that's your entire identity. And if you're not quote unquote, the standard creative that you can't identify as that, but here's the thing that stay at home mom is structuring the day specifically so that her kids get the best flow of their day they're she's creative in how she's scheduling her calls with her friends she's creative in how she's planning meals you know all these things if you are if you are a human you are creative because you're made by the creator and if you look at like adam's role in the garden of eden or eve's role in the garden of eden they had roles and they were creative roles Mm. naming something yeah that's creative going around and like figuring out what the world is like and how to like best, you know, harvest the fruits that God is giving you. That is creative. It's not just people who are photographers or videographers or who can draw super well or artists or whatever. Creativity goes beyond what I think a lot of people first define it as. And that's like a huge thing of like, what I think this merch is going to be and what this project is going to be about. I don't think it's going to be just merch. It might be a whole campaign. I don't know. We'll see. I'm still deciding what it's going to be, (laughs) but it's beyond, you know, the visuals. It's every human being is creative in some way. It's so good. That is a message that we need to hear. And you are so right in saying like, it can become an exclusive club. Like, I think that is something very dangerous and very easy to slip into, even within the church. Like, seeing, I I think it's so wonderful. My husband is a musician, and he has held different roles in different churches that we've been a part of um, with, like, the worship team. And even like when I was in high school, I remember seeing people in creative roles in churches, whether that's in like the music space or in like, yeah, the graphics space or photography, whatever. And just thinking like, wow, they're extra cool and feeling intimidated, but also like wanting to be a part of that. And then even as I've like explored some of these gifts that I feel like the Lord has given me, it's so easy. It has been for me to become susceptible to being like, okay, yes, I made it. Like I am a part of this creative club. Like people are saying that I'm creative and that's awesome and feeling like it is like this exclusive thing. And that is so not how the Lord 
designed it. And it really is sad and intimidating when you're on the outside of that. And so, yeah, just being reminded that everyone has a seat at that table because everyone is creative. Everyone is in the club. I love that. And I cannot wait to see how your merch portrays that and communicates that in a creative and beautiful way. Thanks. Yeah, I'm excited about it. Okay, Sydney, just to wrap up, we have a couple of rapid fire questions. I know you kind of touched on this earlier, but what are three things that you have been loving lately? Okay, so those books I was talking about, number one, they are from Alabaster Co. Um, the first one is On Beauty and Faith, and the second one is All That Is Made. Actually, reverse those. Read first. If you're going to read these books, do All That Is Made first, and then On Beauty and Faith second. Um, if you don't know who Alabaster Co. is, I'm not sponsored. It is not sponsored by these people. I love them so much. I wish they would sponsor me, but they're amazing. So they make these beautiful um, Bibles, essentially. So it is like one book of the Bible. They'll release it like one at a time. And they're just beautiful. They have master like images. Just their creativity is like beyond like you're blown away by me. Okay. I'm blown away by these people. Okay. They have a level of creativity that like I'm just... I'm just trying to grasp at like it's <laughs> beyond anything and their knowledge incredible. So on beauty and faith is really the one that has like, it has liturgy in it about being creative. Um, no, all that is made has liturgy on being creative. Um, you know, practices of like, you know, creativity should be a devotional practice. It has writings about stuff like that. And on beauty and faith is taking it deeper and, you know, talking more specifically about the woman with the alabaster jar, kind of where their name comes from. Oh my gosh, they are killing me in the best ways possible. So good. Like challenging my core beliefs as a creative. And it's just so exciting to hear. Um, So number two, um, (laughs) three things I've been loving. Number two, um, avocado toast. Oh my gosh, gluten-free bread, holy guacamole (laughs) on top, the scramble egg like patty thing that I make with everything but the bagel seasoning from Trader Joe's. Mm, Chef's kiss. Like. Oh, so good. I've literally had it, I think, every day, at least every weekday for the past, like, three weeks. Like, it's kind of a problem, but a healthy problem. (laughs) Dude, my baby is literally, like, dancing and, like, punching in my belly right now because I'm thinking about everything but the bagel seasoning on avo toast. Do you you make toast in a toaster or how do you make it? Yeah, I make it in my toaster because I don't have time to toast it in the pan yeah. because then I had to make my eggs. So my process is this. I'll put the bread in the toaster and then right before I put the bread in, I'll like spray my pan to get it like hot. Uh So then once the bread is in the toaster, I'll scramble my two eggs and the pan is hot. So when I dump it in, it like basically cooks it like on the spot. Yeah. And then I'll like fold the pat, I fold it, the egg scramble that in this like I have a square pan. I don't know why I have the square pan. It's a really cheap pan. It is specifically my egg pan, <laughs> but I'll like fold it down and then cut it. And it makes two perfect little patties for my two little pieces of bread. And it's like ready once the bread pops up and I've like put the guacamole or like avocado on it. Uh-huh. It's yeah. Oh my gosh. It my takes like five minutes. I've got it down to like a whole thing. That's genius that you have an egg pan too, because the amount of time we don't have a dishwasher that I spend like soaking and scraping our pans after cooking eggs. Oof. Yes. Coconut oil has been game changer 
in my egg process. So good to know. Okay, and then what's the third thing? Um, it is about finding, like, the process of finding a routine, essentially, and, like, the flow of my days. I've been – I'm a very much a, like, routine kind of gal, and I like to know what's coming. But since going freelance and since having, like, part-time jobs before I went freelance, I had no routine. <laughs> and so this year or this summer really has been about finding routine. And it's been a really fun process of finding, okay, I'm most productive during these hours. I should be working on my hardest things here. Um, and, you know, finding routines that best fit, like, my flow throughout the day, my creative flow, has been really fun. Totally. That's so good. I love routines. I agree with you in that, like, for me, it was pre-baby. I had these, like, weird three months, like, post-college and then pre-baby, where I'm so sad because I really had nothing going on. Like, I wasn't working. I was just preparing for Florida to come. But I'm like, what? I could have done so much with that time. But because I wasn't structured or, like, disciplined with routines, I it's a blur, which is good. I learned from that. And I learned that I really actually thrive when I'm in a routine. And my whole family does. And it can be beautiful and fun and yeah, I just love that. Maybe routine is your worship, you know? Yes, exactly. And it totally can be because I have been like waking up. Um, I mean, this is like a direct worship thing, I guess. But I've been waking up at 530. Uh, not this week, but <laughs> just trying to wake up before my husband and Flora does to like set aside time to journal, brain dump, like cast all my anxieties out first thing in the morning and then read the Bible and then also read right now I'm reading, um, a long obedience in the same direction by Eugene Peterson, but just some sort of like theological Christian living book and routine really is worship because sometimes I do that. And then sometimes I wake up and I just say, uh, I'm just going to let the enemy tempt me and I'm not going to do anything. And then I scroll on my phone for an hour and it's like not life giving and I'm not worshiping. And so, yeah, I love that perspective. How can we as a community be praying for you, Sydney? So I have kind of two points. One is creatively. And I kind of mentioned it earlier, but, you know, just against praying against the comparison game and honestly, imposter syndrome. I went through a really bad stint of it earlier this year, actually, for like two months of like comparison and imposter syndrome. And it was just it was a heavy weight and not something that you should do on your own. So creatively against that. And personally for community, I mean, so that I can be protected against that in my community, but also because like I kind of mentioned, our best friends just moved to South Korea and we were doing ministry with them. So we no longer have a church to go to either. And so and we've kind of just been in this limbo of finding a place to call home and it's been a lot harder than I thought it was going to be <laughs> because I mean I live in Iowa and it's kind of I like to call it the um shoulder plate the bible shoulder plate you know there's like the bible belt yeah <laughs> I feel like this is the bible shoulder plate um Iowa is because I mean I grew up in a town of like 12,000 and we have like 30 plus churches so you would think I'd be able to find a church it's just been a lot harder um to do so and find community that is encouraging in a way that, you know, we need it to be, um, 
and you know we've been going into this whole process of not my will not like my wants it's more like god what are you what are you placing me in or where are you where are you trying to draw me into where are you trying to challenge me um but you know having community in those in times like you know creative depression it's like what i call it is super important and so yeah so that's one thing that you guys can bring for me it's been a rough transition um but again i wouldn't have it any other way like i'm super happy for them and like what they're doing it's not their fault like i just didn't have community outside of them and i should have before they left but that's kind of where we're at yeah and i just appreciate you sharing that like so vulnerably because i think a lot of people would relate with that whether that's like leaving college and just trying to figure out how do I make friends as an adult like without having my roommates around or I know like being young and married is somewhat uncommon even in the Midwest but then like if you have kids or if you don't have kids I just feel like it can be really hard to find people who are in a similar life stage or a similar like age range with similar passions, like not at all that we need that to attend a church, but it is so helpful to have people who understand, who have walked that road, even who are walking that road at the same time. And so, yeah, we will definitely be praying for you guys to find that, especially like couple friends um, in that community. It's, it's rare and it's, hard but when you find those people it's it's so good so where can people find you especially to keep up to date on this merch drop yeah so instagram is probably and probably will forever be unless they change it again oh i'm kind of upset about this whole video platform now i'm very much a picture poster but whatever um instagram is my number one way to find me um so if you want to follow along with like the process and stuff like that um but also pinterest if you want to see like design inspiration or what's inspiring me lately pinterest is a way to go there and those are kind of my take my two main ones besides my website which you can find in the bio of both of those awesome thank you so much for being on the show sydney it was so fun to just chat more outside of like our project focused space and I just love your heart for like sharing and encouraging people in their creative giftings I like to say that this is a show for creative Christian women in their 20s and I feel like you know it's kind of kind of a trick statement because everyone is creative and I really do hope that people who listen to this and people who are part of this community would know that creative Christian women like that is all women who are following Jesus and so thank you for sharing your encouragement and wisdom in that area absolutely I had so much fun being here and talking about this as you can tell I'm very passionate about it so it's really fun to share with you thanks for listening to another episode of love in a cottage I am so grateful you decided to join us today and I hope you're going forward in your day feeling encouraged understood and inspired If you like today's show, I would love to encourage you to share it with a girlfriend. You can also screenshot this episode and share it on your Instagram stories, which will help more like-minded women find our show. 
Speaking of Instagram, while you're there, why don't you go ahead and follow us? Because guys, I promise we're super fun. <laughs> we share content there throughout the week about the show, and it's a great way to connect with fellow listeners and keep up with the guests that you might have heard. We also do fun quarterly giveaways and just share inspiring content. If you're looking for more connection, you can also join our Facebook group, which is linked in the show notes of every episode. There are weekly episode discussions, and it's a great way to find friends and listeners who might be in your area. And finally, if you'd like to support us, you can please write a review on iTunes because this will help boost our show so other like-minded women can find it. Your support means so much to me, you guys. Thank you again for being here. So grateful for you. We'll see you next week for another episode.